Welcome to my podcast, Big Lessons from a Small Island. I am Sophia Robinson, and I'm an author, a blogger, and a coach. I write about life lessons, my experiences, and my philosophy on life, sprinkled with fun, humor, and big love from a small island. My mission is to inspire you to embrace every part of your story and to try something new. Welcome back. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I would love it if you are enjoying it, if you leave a rating or a review. You can also visit my website, www.39andcounting.com, where you can read these and many other blog posts, as well as buy the e-version of my book, Everything is a Thing. If you sign up to my mailing list, you can read the first chapter of that book, as well as receive emails about new podcast series and blog posts. Today, we are at lesson number five, and I've entitled it The Best Laid Plans. I have a really complicated relationship with planning, and you're about to learn a little bit more about that here in this episode. Ah, plans. I have had a real push-pull and love-hate relationship over the past 10 years with planning and plans. I will confess, um, this has gone back years, actually, to probably when I was a teenager. I used to be the type of person who wrote everything down in my diary, and if it wasn't in my diary, then it wasn't happening. While I still need the visual reminders to keep my life in order and to ensure that I make it to the things that are important to me, my experiences over the last 10 years with plans as I've taken on more complex projects, which have some reliance on external factors, has taught me two big lessons about the best laid plans. The first is that things probably won't go according to the plan. This is the type of thing that people often say in a flippant way, but the truth is, it took me a long time to believe it, longer to accept it, and even longer to be okay with it and realize that it might be a blessing rather than a curse. I used to take it personally when things didn't go according to the plan. I figured that I needed to work harder, plan better, to have more contingencies in place, to do more things myself, because then I had more control over the situation. And if things didn't go according to the plan, then something was either wrong with me, or wrong with the plan, or both. For years, I tried to plan better and to be better. And when I got to the end of a project, I would make a list, mental or real, of how things didn't conform to the plan so that I could be better and plan better next time. I would beat myself up over the things that went wrong. And I was so busy doing that, I never realized the successes I might have had or that the fact that despite my best intentions, things actually never go according to the plan. I would set goals that were smaller and more doable just so that I could say that they went according to the plan and I stayed away from huge goals with lots of moving parts that I couldn't control. It is possible that I would have continued in this way for the rest of my life, but there are two things that happened as the decade progressed that have changed my opinions about plans. Firstly, as fate would have it, I spent a year as the president of the Optimist Club that I volunteered with a few years ago. The Optimist Club is a service organization that works with youth, and their members work each day to make the future brighter by bringing out the best in children, in their communities, and in themselves. I joined the Optimist Club when I was feeling the pull to be more involved in voluntary work in my community, and it has been one of the best decisions I have made over the years. 
I enjoyed the projects that we planned and executed, and I jumped headfirst into taking part as much as I could. And a few years into my time at the club, I was nominated to be club president. I was pretty resistant to taking on this position as I'd seen how stressful it had been for some of the presidents who'd been there before me. But the club members assured me that I could do it. And I did. There's much that I could say about that year. But for the purposes of this blog post, I will tell you that it was finally able to absorb these two big lessons about planning that year. The first being that things do not go according to the plan. And the second, that it will be okay when they don't. And often, it will be better than okay. This is probably the first time that I was overseeing plans for projects with numerous moving parts that depended on several people doing their part in order for the project to be successful. I will say that managing people is a different kettle of fish to managing processes, which I had done up to that point. And managing volunteers has the added layer when you're juggling people's schedules with the time that they're making available for the projects, which might not be convenient for all parties involved to meet at the same time. In addition, I spent a few years in the club participating in projects and thinking in the back of my mind how much better I would or could plan it. So this experience was exactly what I needed to knock me down several pegs as I realized that I could not control everything and that success is not dependent on everything going to plan. This important lesson fed into the first lesson I wrote this series, How I Finished What I Started, as I learned to navigate the plot twist that life and other projects throw at us and still managed to finish and get a result, which in this case was funds raised, children smiling, and new skills and lessons learned. They don't cause optimists for nothing. Being okay with the fact that things almost never went according to plan allowed me to finish my own larger projects, such as making progress on the blog, publishing my book, and facing the next big challenge that I had in this last decade, fracturing my ankle. That was definitely an unplanned event, and it brought me other lessons, such as dropping my habit of attempting to do and control everything myself, and there's nothing like needing help to do everything from showering to making a cup of tea to make a person understand how to ask for help. These two events taught me many of the lessons I spoke about previously, including redefining failure, learning how to get back up after a fall and move forward, and how to make room in my life for magic once again. I wrote an entire post about this, and spoiler alert, that is going to be one of our bonus episodes coming up over the next few days. But I will include some of it below as well. After I fractured my ankle, I hit a real low point as I entered the new year with only one goal in mind to regain my independence after a couple of months of being unable to walk, drive, or work. I also had an old injury in my hand show up as I tried to use my crutches, which meant I even struggled to write. I was disheartened from the giant comma that this event put into my life. And for the first time in a long time, I didn't make any New Year's resolutions or goals. I started the year with no plans whatsoever. And it was here that I would learn my second big lesson about the best laid plans, which is that sometimes when we plan things too rigidly, we miss the magical opportunities that are available to us if we are willing to make a detour. As someone who had always been a planner, I saw any deviation from the plan as a failure or a problem to be reined in. So-called inspired actions were not going to happen if they weren't in the diary. 
And if you had asked me a few years ago what I thought would happen in a year that I didn't have any grand plans, I'm pretty sure I would have said nothing will happen except that a year would pass. I might even have repeated to you the saying widely attributed to Alan Lacking, failing to plan is planning to fail. But by the end of that year, I'd written two books and was well on my way to self-publishing one of them. And one of them was a novel, something I had wanted to do since childhood and attempted doing several times without ever getting past page 20. I continued blogging. I'd managed to write almost 40 posts over the course of the year. I completed my physio and returned to walking, driving and working. So many things happened that year that I could not have predicted or even planned for. Things I didn't know I could achieve or afford. The crux of this lesson was that sometimes when I made plans, I was missing out on the opportunities that I could never plan for. The spontaneous encounters, the inspired action, the magic. Having a schedule that was wall-to-wall with plans and the actions I needed to take to achieve them left no room and no way for magic to catch my attention. And here is an excerpt. I don't see anything wrong with planning obviously. And it's a great way to achieve many of the things I dreamed about and bring them into reality. But I also wonder what opportunities I missed when I am laser focused on my plans. And this is not about FOMO or regret. I am just genuinely surprised at what I'm able to pull off when I have nothing planned. And the thing about planning and setting goals for me, even big goals, is that I feel as if I'm limited by my own imagination and my ability to plan only within the realms of what I believe is possible. And limited by my idea of what I can afford. I honestly was a firm believer that failing to plan was planning to fail, and maybe in some instances it is. But what if it isn't? What if leaving space for adventure and inspired action can lead to fantastic and beautiful places? I think back on a number of the unplanned detours I made and I had some of my best times and I met the most tremendous people. And don't get me wrong, these things required action on my part too. But this is just a new point of view that I'm thinking about at the moment. I'm sorry I don't have the answer for you. Indeed, I don't even have it for myself. I'm just putting this out there. What if we left space for magic, for inspiration, for adventure? What if we took inspired action, the road less travels, said yes to the things that we weren't sure we could afford because they made our hearts sing with joy? What if? So these were the two big lessons I learned in the past 10 years about the best laid plans. Do I still plan and set goals? Yeah, I do. Aside from the fact that it's a hard habit to break, I definitely think that it's a good way to ensure that I achieve some tasks that I would otherwise put off, and there are always tasks I need to do and that I have no desire to do, and so I must plan them. But I also hold less firmly to plans these days. I'm far more likely to roll with the punches when things don't go according to plan, remembering that sometimes it is more important to get things done, and that even when things don't go according to the plan, They almost always work out. And lastly, I spend as much time looking up and around me as I do with my eyes on the plan so that I can catch sight of magic when it is trying to get my attention. And some days we can go off on unplanned adventures. What about you? What is your relationship with planning? Are you a strict planner or more of a go with the flow type? Or like me, do you hold loosely to your plans and leave space for the spontaneous? I would love to hear from you. 
and you can email me on 39andcountingblog at gmail.com. And I send you big love from a small island. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.